I'm down on the banks of the Trinity River. Not everybody that lives in Dallas knows that even in the downtown area, you can actually get right down to the river. Bike riders know at the Commerce Street Bridge, there's a ramp that'll take you right down from the levee to the, to the Skyline Trail, which runs a few miles along the river. And I just found out that it's being extended. It's nice that the ruling rich people who run Dallas have made this trail. They haven't done much else about the river, even though they owe their very existence to it. The, the myth of Dallas is that there's no reason for it to be here. That it only came about because very wise and you might as well admit that they were also rich and also white. But very wise men decided to build a city here. It's nonsense. The reason the city's here is because of this river. This is the Trinity River, the Trinidad, as the Spanish explorers called it, where three forks come together to make the Trinity River, which runs through downtown Fort Worth, and it also runs through downtown Dallas. Originally, this was a trail, the old Spanish trail, as they often like to call it, or before that, a Native American trail, a place where it was easy to ford the river, a shallow spot. And that shallow spot led to a little hill, which is now occupied by the hotel and tower named La Reunion. The Reunion Tower and Hotel occupy the little hill where the river used to come and that's where people could ford the river. So that's where John Neely Bryant set up his trading post because that's, that was, the, tra that was the, the point where everybody had to go to get across the Trinity River. So that's how Dallas got started. And then Dallas became an industrial center because of buffalo hides. As the white men starved the Native Americans by cutting off their food supply, they left thousands, if not millions, of buffalo carcasses to rot while they took the valuable buffalo hides. And where did they take them? They took them to Dallas because Dallas was a tanning center for buffalo hides. And that's where the river comes in again because even though I don't know this for a fact, I do know that tanning entails some very dirty work. They have to get the blood and guts and sinew off the buffalo hides. They have to scrape them clean, of course, and that, has, that stuff has to be put somewhere. And then there are very dangerous chemicals involved in tanning, and they have to do something with them too. So I don't know this for a fact, but I'll bet you they put them in this old sorry stream that was going down by John Neely Bryant's cabin and trading post. So the Trinity River is the very reason for the existence of Dallas and it's been kind of uh, a disgraceful place in many ways as Dallas developed. For example,
When they lynched three slaves in 1860, they took them down to the banks of the Trinity. And, it, and I have wondered why they did it there instead of back up at the courthouse. Well, one was that they were probably ashamed of what they were doing and didn't want everybody to see. But another was that's a good way to dispose of the awful leftovers from your horrible crimes. Just throw them in the river. In fact, in Galveston, I mean in Gainesville, when they hanged all the supporters, the suspected supporters of the North during the Civil War, they didn't even... They didn't bother to throw their uh, blood and guts and bodies and excrement into the river. They actually took a wagon and hanged them in the middle of the river so that they would be washed away, like washing away their sins. But at least it washed away the evidence of the people that they murdered. So the Trinity River was also the site of the beatings that took place in the 1930s when the Congress of Industrial Organizations, the CIO, began to try to organize in Dallas. A conspiracy developed between the police, the companies, the city fathers, and of course the Dallas Morning News, which is part of the city fathers. They all conspired together to keep the unions out. And one of the tactics that was used was to pick up anybody suspected of being a union organizer and take them to a remote place and give them lashes, beat them up, switch them, beat them with whips and switches. And where did that take place? In the river bottoms, which was pretty much a wild place. And even now, if I'm sitting on the banks of the Trinity, even now the Trinity looks probably a lot like it did when the Spanish explorers came through. It's about, oh, maybe 40 feet across, not very deep. My wife and I used to paddle our canoe up and down the Trinity River. And you can get, once you're down beneath the banks of the river, you can actually kind of imagine yourself to be out in the, out in the wilderness. It's very much like that, except for the fact that you see the leftovers of the various floods, people's cabins that people that, that set up summer cabins and that sort of thing to, to enjoy the river were, were often washed away. And you see some of the remnants of that as you paddle around in the Trinity River. There's living things in the river. As I'm sitting here on the Skyline Trail and thinking about the river, I'm watching a man. He's throwing a net out and dragging the net back. It's one of those circular nets. He's after minnows. He gets enough minnows, he's gonna put them in that white bucket that he's got sitting beside him. And he's gonna fish in the river with those minnows. There are a lot of fish in this river because there's a hatchery up there in Louisville, just about 10 miles north upstream on the Trinity River and they stock the river and a lot of the lakes around here with game fish. So the Trinity River was never did much 
In fact, it was sort of a menace for the people who lived in Dallas because it would flood every now and then. And they had a terrible time with it until sometime, I guess it must have been around the 1930s, that they built the levees. There are levees about 25 feet high on both sides of the river. They're not really far apart. I can look at, I can sit and look at both levees as I sit here. And I think a golfer, a, a good golfer, might be able to knock a ball from one levee to the other. Or certainly in two, in two drives, a good golfer could, could knock a ball from one side of the, le from one levee all the way over to the other. So there's not a lot of room between the levees. In the 1980s, I think in the late 1980s, the ruling rich fathers of Dallas decided to sell everybody on a grand idea. They were gonna float a lot of bonds and do a Trinity River project and they were gonna make the Trinity River as beautiful as the Colorado is when it goes through Austin, Texas. And they put out brochures showing these sailboats floating on these beautiful lakes that they were going to create and the park areas that they were going to create and how they were going to make something beautiful of the Trinity after all this time. A columnist named Jim Schutz that used to work for the Times-Herald newspaper before it went out of business and ended up writing a column for a little rag weekly, weekly news tabloid named the Dallas Observer. It's actually a chain. And they make most of their money from sex ads. And I, I think most people would be ashamed to be seen with the, with the Dallas Observer, except for the fact that Jim Schutz has a column in it. So Jim Schutz wrote in his column, they're not trying to build a place for you to, flo to float your sailboats. They're gonna put a six lane highway in the riverbed. Well, if you stand, in the river or ride the, by the riverbank where I am and try to imagine a six lane highway going through here, you would realize that there's not room for much of anything else, let alone sailboats. So Jim Schutz revealed that the highway was really what they were gonna do with all that bond money and that the sailboats were just a way of, of fooling people into voting for it. And so the people did turn it down and eventually that project was scrapped. Somebody else had another idea on the river, and that is that they would build an artificial rapids, an artificial whitewater place where they would actually put machinery to make the, the water foam and flow, you know, and, and they would attract kayakers and canoers. That was called the white, whitewater project, I think. And it lasted maybe a year spent, I, I don't know how many million dollars, before they realized that it wasn't going to work and they scrapped that too. You can't see the Whitewater Project on the Skyline Trail, but there's another trail a little bit further downstream where you can actually go by there. Bicyclers love this trail. There goes one now. A few trees, and they're native trees, willows, and the trees that are native to this area grow all along the banks of the, of the Trinity, just as they did, I guess, when the Spanish first came through here. It's a river that made a city. 
and the city has not been kind to it. It's still just kind of a miserable little stream going through downtown Dallas, running on out to areas where the levees run out, where they still have flooding. And there's uh, a wooded area on further in the southern part of, of Dallas that people are trying to preserve as a, a park and a walkway. And thank goodness they have put these paths on that walkers and bicyclers can use. There's actually a soccer field down here underneath one of the bridges that I'm looking at, the Sylvan Bridge, downtown side of the river. I'm on the Oak Cliff side of the river. Dallas developed more or less as two towns because one side was was north of the river, the other side was south of the river, more or less. And south of the river and west of the river developed as Oak Cliff. Eventually, Dallas took over Oak Cliff and named the whole thing Dallas. So Oak Cliff is just now the community part of, of Dallas. But what it means to all of us that live here, we know it means that you're on the other side of the river. <laughs> but possibly you could say, the wrong side of the river but at any rate it's on one side of the river it's called Oak Cliff the section that I'm in now is called West Dallas it used to used to flood all the time this is where the Native Americans and the uh, Mexican Americans largely lived largely ended up were largely forced into barrios and ghettos and uh, they flooded really really bad you can see the same thing in other cities where one side of the river is where the whites dominated and the other side is where they put the people that cleaned up after them. The same thing is true of the Trinity River. The shallow spot that began, that, that eventually, that started Dallas, the fordable part of the river, was later on covered by a bridge. There was a, na a man named Cockrell. I think it was Sam Cockrell. And he was a fairly wealthy man. He had something to do with the, the newspaper, or some of the, some of the important aspects of the city. But he got into a gunfight in one of the saloons in Dallas and got killed, leaving his holdings to his wife, Sarah Cockrell. And Sarah Cockrell is one of the great founders of what became the city of Dallas. There on that shallow spot, where people had driven their cattle for years, she built a steel bridge, Sarah Cockrell's Bridge, and that became an east-west passage. Not everybody knows that the first transcontinental route across the United States, all the way from the eastern seaboard to Los Angeles, went right through Dallas right through downtown Dallas. Main Street became Fort Worth Cutoff. Fort Worth Cutoff became eventually Highway 80, and now it's called Highway 180. And even now, you can take Highway 180 all the way to El Paso, and eventually all the way to Los Angeles. So this was an important route for people to pass from east to west. They never did get the, the Trinity River to be, become navigable. 
There was always a dream in early days of Dallas that it was going to become navigable, like Jefferson. Because before the railroads began to dominate America, the rivers were the main transportation. And Jefferson, Texas was, was the pearl of, of inland Texas because they had uh, river transportation on the Sabine. The Sabine's navigable. So Jefferson, Texas had this great opportunity and they were told by the railroad barons that we are willing to put the railroad through here if you will make a lot of concessions to us, you know, and give us tax breaks and a bunch of stuff like that. The city fathers of Jefferson said, no, thank you. They thought they could make it as a river town, I guess. You can go to Jefferson now if you can find it. It's a tiny little town. It's no bigger now than it was before the Civil War when it was a, a river center. Well, the people of Dallas tried to make the Trinity navigable too, and they actually did at one time get one steamboat to come all the way to Dallas from the Gulf Coast. But it was such a hard journey and so difficult, I think it took months, that they realized that they were not gonna start shipping freight on the miserable little Trinity River. And so, till today, and even now, the Trinity River is more of a nuisance for Dallas than anything else. They keep building bridges across it. They're, they're proud of some of the bridges, and they spend money on making them prettier than other bridges. But just getting across it is about the only thing that the city fathers think about Dallas, and there are no sailboats in the river bottom of, of the city of Dallas, although there are forever one project after another being proposed to do something with the river. As it stands though, for, from the point of view of a bicycler or a walker, it's just fine the way it is because you can come down to the banks of the Trinity River from downtown Dallas or from Oak Cliff and there are bicycle trails, a lot of them. And you can see the Trinity River pretty much as it was when it was named La Trinidad all those centuries ago. This is Gene Lance on the Workers Beat Extra.